Last time on Tales of Morterra. In the city of Puerno, True Knight approached. Will and his gnome companion, Hal, were busy acquiring items to prepare for True Knight, the one night a year where the dead rise, and found two companions in the market, a tabaxi called Rumplejerry and a satyr called Sorsha. The group converged at the library, but discovered too late in the evening that Hal's dog Alma was missing out in the streets somewhere. Everyone opened the doors to try and go and rescue her, but they were attacked by zombies and a range of errant limbs. After successfully fending them off, the group managed to rescue Alma, but were intrigued by the fact that there were errant limbs rather than just zombies that evening. The dead don't tend to rise on whole, so after some language lessons and sleeping through in the library till the morning, the group have met up, got some pastries, and are ready to go solve a mystery. You finished your pastries on your lovely furry picnic blanket. What's the, what's the plan? Oh yeah, we, we were using some furs, weren't we? Yes. I really hope you were careful not to get like sauce on that blanket. Oh, that's it. They'll wash out. It'll be a pain to wash that out of the fur. It's got its natural fat coaters for the going still. I um actually had some questions about these furs. You see, you know, slightly dozy last last uh, last few minutes. I I've only woken up with my <laughs> delicious pastry. Thank you, Will. Um, no problem. These furs. Are you hunters of some sort? You. Some some people call me a hunter. Some people call me the stranger from the wild. I go by many titles. Certainly, yes. Um. Well, I was wondering. Um. Perhaps if. Well, if it might be possible um alma going off on her own like that has had me rather spooked you know and well i'm just very keen that she doesn't get hurt uh, uh, do you think it might be possible to do enough hunting to get furs to cover alma's back as some sort of you know protection for her against these cretinous zombies and hands and such that we may come across I can certainly do that, though I'd need to look for good, suitable furs. Not all furs are thick enough or sturdy enough to work as armor. Oh, of of course, and I, I would help. Take a while, because she's big. Yes, she she is marvelous. She is just she is big dog. Yes, um, but wonderful. Yes, if we could possibly keep an eye out. I'd set some traps. Oh. Wonderful. Yes. Yes. Whatever whatever you need, I will be happy to help in the supplying of. Um, and yes, if we can just make sure that my darling does not come to any harm. I can understand that, yes. It would help if anyone heard of any big, uh, big animals around. Usually, uh, 
often I get good furs from predators, wolves, or bears. Hmm. I mean, I certainly doubt we're going to find that within the city itself. We probably need to go outside the city. Yes, that was my second point. I plan to stay in the city for a little bit to balance the city life with the life, the time spent out in the wild. So this will have to come way too later, I'm afraid. After we deal with the limbs, we can find some places to trap for animals. That sounds like a good idea. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on board with this. If anything were to happen to Alma, well, I... I just don't know what I'd do. I'd dread to think about what could happen, yeah. Thank you. Yes, she's very special to me. Well, I'm glad to be of service then. Wonderful. Um, well, pastries devoured, and, well, yes, blanket appears to have no jam thereupon. <laughs> Success, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> Shall we to the graveyard now that daylight is with us and we have full bellies? That makes sense. Well, talking about a graveyard, you sound excited. Well, I happen to have some affinity with the undead, you see. I, not like a friendly one, but I am particularly good at discerning their location and, well, returning them to the grave, as it were. So... Yes, in fact, the dead are one of my specialties, and to smite the dead of halfling scum is a wonderful thing as well, anyway. You don't like halflings? I beg your pardon? Aren't you a halfling? What? Slander? I mean, you're... we are in the country of halfling, Dimavon, and you are speaking the language of the halflings. Oh my goodness. Oh. Yeah, my my friend here is a gnome, not a halfling. There is a difference. Well, why don't you like halflings? Why don't I like halflings? I have been here. You're new. You're new. You're new. Yes, you've not been in the country. I've have. I haven't know. been in this plane longer than two weeks. I apologize. Yes. Um. I I learned this country's name this morning, yesterday morning. Ah, well, welcome to Demova. Um. Halflings have oppressed my people for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Uh, it, it's been, well, in fact, thousands of years. Ages have passed whilst they have enslaved my entire race. I look round, sort of, we're outside packing up the, the picnic stuff. Just make sure there's no uh, halflings there. There could be, I have I'm, wisdom I'm keeping it. I'm keeping a weather eye out as well to make sure that my friend doesn't get in trouble. Yeah. Halflings are, well, no, not all of them, of course. There are good ones. <laughs> Valentina, of course. I mean, I will remind you that there are various, as I said last time, there are various, you know, government workers mm -hmm. clearing up mm. after last night. <laughs> I will remind you that Hal cannot see for anything. Uh, so she's going to carry um, on. Uh, I'm so sorry, my friend. Um, this may be a conversation best saved for... Inside? Oh, uh, of course, yeah. Oh, sorry. Shelve it for later. Sorry, didn't, didn't know. I honestly didn't know there were different small folk races. You all look similar. Well, that is quite a different problem. I do not pay attention to who I sell my hunts to. I just pay attention to the money I get and if, if the pleasures they can give me. Not in that way. Well, that's quite practical, I suppose. Uh, fine, let's shelve this for later and 
Onwards to the graveyard. Sounds good. Toshiro looks like he's thinking as they finish packing up. How, as the last of the picnic stuff is being picked up, is going to go and saddle uh, Alma. She has ridden bareback. Uh, Will saw this yesterday uh, when Alma was rescued and they were returning to the library. But for comfort and longer distance travel, uh, Alma gets a beautiful emerald green saddle beautifully pops against her cloud-like fur. Sheila, meanwhile, is hitching a ride on Will's shoulders, because I mean, come on, of course Will's the staff at this point. <laughs> yeah. There. Don't even need to be a magic cat to know that. As the wolf slosh is making bits of jewellery from various wires and and stones using t- t- tools from the jeweler's equipment on her hip. Rumpelcherry is looking around at the city and, like, smelling... Smelling everything that comes by, every pastry shop or whatever she comes by. And, I mean, it may be, you know, late-ish in the year. I say late-ish, it's like early winter. But there there are still at various shops, there's flowers that have been grown in, you know, magically heated hothouses. There's all, all the, the various food places opening up. There's people walking past with very fancy perfumes on. It's there's a lot of very nice smells as you walk eastward through the city towards the graveyard. Everyone can just hear a constant little... <laughs> Just sniff, sniff, sniff. Everything going on and the busyness is a bit overwhelming for Sorsha, so they're just mostly focusing on the jewellery because that's something familiar and small to concentrate on because otherwise he's going to get overwhelmed. Will's going to keep an eye out as we're walking. Does it look like there's other errant limbs around the city being cleaned up? Um, do you want to give me a perception roll? I'd love to. Um, got plus three perception. Uh, that is a 14. There do seem to be a couple here and there. Like, not the huge crowd of them that attacked you at the library. Hmm. I mentioned this in passing to how It looks like there's still a few of those limbs about, but not as many as we saw at the library, so... Oh, fascinating. Perhaps they were interested in a book. I'd love to know how a limb can read on its own. Um, oh, you're right. Well, there were bodies. Perhaps they would have, you know, worked together, some sort of cooperative force. Go and find fire or something, I don't know. Yes, I, I can't claim to understand the undead, although usually, in my experience, they have been driven by some force. Hmm. And whether last night was the true knight or, you know, the changer, yeah. the, the the fact that everything is hmm. different than what it appears, whether it is, you know, some nefarious necromancer at work. Well, perhaps we shall find this out later. Um, a great and glorious gem. My background feature is researcher. When you attempt to learn or recall a piece of lore, if you don't know that information, you often know where and from whom you can obtain it. Do I know where might have some more information on weird happenings at True Night slash necromantic stuff, like it in a kind of is this related sort of way? Uh, your best bet for information on the undead wouldn't be the public library. Okay. It would be... Um... Yeah, there's some cities have libraries maintained by wizards, by clerics that are much more sort of collections of personal interest. Okay. Rather than a, 
a general public lending collection. So it would be finding someone with that as an area of personal study and then getting access to their library. Yeah. But it's not like asking round about, hey, do you have books on necromancy is going to go down well with most people, so... Probably not. Ah, uh, well. As you might expect post-True Night, the graveyard is a little bit of a mess. Yeah. Still anything twitching? Uh, not that you can see. Are there just any random bodies around? There, there are a couple of people who seem to be being reburied in ver- varying states of decay. Lovely. Are there any just laying around? There aren't any bodies just laying around, no. Uh, as we come to the graveyard, I'm going to use my divine sense, um, and how just closes her eyes, touches uh, what you notice to be maybe a different charm to what she touched yesterday from around her neck, and when she opens her eyes again, they're just lit up slightly with golden light. And I can sense anything affected by the hallow spell or know the location of any celestial fiend undead within 60 feet that is not behind total cover. I, yeah, you don't sense any. Great. So still, I is a little golden. How is going to turn to Will? It seems the dead are once again at rest. Do tread carefully, though. There could be the living with ill intent. Copy that, copy that. I guess we should have a look around and see if there's anything we can spot. Yes, al- allow me to help you. Okay. Rumpajerry finally stops focusing on all smells and turns to uh, how and will. Uh, what are we doing? Um, so I was going to look around the graveyard and see if there's any signs of someone trying to do necromancy or something weird. Because, like, those limbs weren't normal. But, like, sort of Maybe there's something round here that would give us some indication of why things were going weird. Maybe someone did something. I don't know. We can have a look around and see if we can spot anything. All right. Okay. I would like to give Will the help action uh, as we search the graveyard for clues, if possible. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you... I think that would just look like you also searching the graveyard for clues. Yeah, exactly. Rob Jerry's also looking around, though more doing their own, her own uh, own checks. She's looking, although not entirely sure what they're looking for. Okay. Um. Right. Am I rolling investigation with advantage? Cause how's helping me? Yep. Okay. That is correct. Okay. The first roll was a nat twenty for a total of twenty five. I didn't even roll the second one. <laughs> Woohoo! Amazing. Nice. This is the opposite of last session. Yeah, opposite vibes. <laughs> um, so you sort of the pair of you kind of wander through the graveyard looking mm. for anything amiss. Uh, quite a lot is amiss with it being the day after True Night. There's, you know, piles of soil everywhere, bodies that have clearly been trying to get out. Um, however, I don't think you see anything that would raise your suspicion. It doesn't look like anything's been excavated from the outside no hmm. markings on headstones beyond the usual oh great and glorious dm can i roll an arcana check to see if there were any magics that influenced this mm-hmm. i also roll for that or help with that yeah e- either or do you want to just roll with advantage i've got a plus five to arcana if that's helpful. yeah or i have a plus three to arcana because it's i have proficiency first one was an eight what do you have i have a plus zero to arcana I'll do advantage then. Second roll, 
Here's a five. Oh. An eight and a five. Yeah, you don't you don't notice anything. Nothing magical seems to have been done. Huh. I go up to Will. I don't sense any magic that influenced this. Um Do you? Let me have a look around. Um I'm gonna cast detect magic and see if I can spot anything. Have a quick wander around the graveyard with that up and see if anything pings. Mm-hmm. Um you find some abjuration magic on a couple of the graves. Okay. Um specifically a couple of the the richer ones. There's there's family names that Hal recognizes. The graves unbroken. They are, yes. Um it's it seems as though someone has protected these from the possibility of necromancy. Yes, because if you're rich, it's a bit embarrassing if Great Aunt Bertha decides to come back on True Night. Oh, that's an excellent idea for next year. Why not do this on all graves? Yes, but clearly it would help on True Night. It 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 would stop the problem. Why not do on all graves? It's very expensive to cast such spells. Because it's very expensive. Yes, but shouldn't the city city government or something fund this, since it's for the protection of the people? This is in pe- everyone's interest. Why well, Why would they not? Uh, Hal is going to find a relatively clear spot of ground, get off Alma, and lie down and close her eyes. And she's going to begin to pray to the dreamer. What was Mr. Rumpelgeist? Did I say something wrong? I, I I don't know. I'm not from around here. I'm not sure if this is just usual thing to happen. Uh, I don't think so. How does this sometimes? The whispers to Will. Did I say something wrong? No, I don't think so. Oh, so not my fault then. Okay, thank you. What is the content of your prayer to the dreamer, the god of sleep? Dearest dreamer, grant me on this your day the clarity to see what I have missed, the understanding of what is important and important of your sending. Send me to sleep that I may dream, and let my dreams give me answers. Dear dreamer, this is my prayer. Please, I pray to thee. That was a really cool prayer. Mm Mm-hmm. It was dope. Agreed. How is very pious. <laughs> is this a spell or an ability that you're using, Gull? Nope. Uh, I will pump another divine sense into it if that will do anything, but uh, how is just seeking advice from the god of sleep uh, and knows that the dreamer will often send portents in the form of dreams, so she's trying to go to sleep. Um, so I think, you know, it's it's still morning. It takes you a, a while to drift off. Mm-hmm. Rumpacherry, like, nudges you awake. Hey, hey, it's day. This is not a balanced lifestyle. <laughs> uh, please, please, please give me a moment. You're falling asleep. That is entirely the point, my <laughs> friend Jerry. So after another 20 minutes... Mm-hmm. Sasha is is tracing the letters on random gravestones, trying to read them. This is heartbreaking. I think Will's sort of kind of perched on, like, sort of a small wall or something, found a reed of grass, and is just kind of just amusing Sheila 
sort of thing while we wait. So what? So while Sasha's doing their best Mary Shelley impression, <laughs> um, how you do dream, you hear the sound of chains and of hinges and of a key in a lock. The key is turning? Yeah. Or just being put there? Turning. Okay. And then you're awoken by a scream. Any discerning features of the scream? Or just generic Wilhelm scream? Scream's a scream. Mm-hmm. There's a scream in real life that we're hearing as well? or No, it's a dream scream. Oh, fun. Ooh. Love a dream scream. Fancy. Oh, goodness. Rampagiri looks up. So, finally done with your nap? I would ask that you respect my religion. Okay, okay, let's cool it down. What did you see? Rampagiri's looking very confused at the religion mansion. I... I was trapped somewhere. Enclosed. All around, I couldn't see anything, only here. It was as if, perhaps, the earth itself had consumed me. Hmm. And then... Well, I heard a key turning in a lock as if I was about to be released, and then a scream as chilling as anything I've ever heard, and I awoke. Bad? Hmm. It, oh, it, it had bad vibes, to be sure. Hmm. Can, how How is taking a nap religious? Like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, I just, it's, it seems so odd. That is a reasonable question. Well... The god who is celebrated on this day is the dreamer, the god of sleep. And so they grant important images and sights and sounds and feelings. This is why I rested for longer this morning. And, well, sometimes if one can simply slip away beyond this physical realm and into the realm of dreams, insights may be found that... Hitherto were unknown. Okay, I'll... That sounds intriguing. I'll give you that. There's a lot of different religions that have dreams and visions. Oracles that can see things. So. In a graveyard. Like, there's a time and a place for sleep. Oh, my, my friend, after 300 years, I could sleep anywhere. <laughs> Try and stop me. I thought cats slept a lot, Beans. You need to stay balanced between night and day. I have a question, a great and glorious gem. Are there any crypts in this graveyard? Bits that go underground or whatnot? There are not. Okay. What I will say is a key turning in a lock is a sign of intent. Whether this is the intent of the moons or the intent of someone else, I cannot say. However, something awoke these creatures. And I gesture at them. As I gesture at them, are they generally whole or in parts? The ones you can see in the graveyard are whole. Okay. We need to find where the ones coming in parts are from. I think we're, I think we're in the wrong place. Where would limbs be? If bodies are here, where are the limbs? Is there a hospital nearby the library? Um, not particularly nearby, but there, there is one. Because, like, if there's any place where there's going to be loose limbs produced, limbs that maybe have been cut off from people because, like, amputations happen, maybe that'd make more sense. That, or it might be a case of follow the limbs and see where we can see most of them. Has there been a battle recently? 
that's something I wonder, because you might also lose a limb in a battle. Mm. Yeah, that's true. This was set in character, by the way. Am I aware of any battles that have happened recently, particularly between gnomes and halflings? Yeah, you're not, no. Nothing I'm aware of. There, I believe there is a fort on the other side of the canton. I don't know much about it, but... Is, it, is that where the limbs live? I... We could try having a walk through the city and sort of see where we can see more limbs, less limbs. Limb hot or cold? We probably need to be relatively quick, though, if they're tidying them up. Or I guess I guess we can ask the government workers, right? Ask them where they've seen most of these, where they're cleaning them mostly up. Would would they tell us? None of us. Three of us are, uh, are strangers. Oh, I, I I can get an answer. I promise. Uh, and how starts doing makeup? She pulls out like a really fancy um, set of foundations and uh, starts starts doing her makeup. And not quite transforming before your eyes, but she's using her disguise kit to turn into her alter ego. I feel like there is a fair bit of contouring going on. Oh, absolutely. You know that Valentina Cabello is Purely because, on it. Well, I picture gnomes as looking kind of like uh, the podlings from the Dark Crystal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you need to, like, de-emphasize the nose. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, give sharp, absolute like the biggest cheekbones you've ever seen uh suddenly start appearing um, oh classic rich person horse face yes exactly that sorcerer is watching very impressed yeah like sorcerer has probably seen people change form before what with the whole feywild yeah thing. but like that's magic but this not is different not with the aid of paint yeah this this is impressive rubble jerry is also looking slightly confused but also impressed has Hal done this in front of Will before? Or? Uh, no, probably not. Oh, okay. Like, I think you get an impressed nod, and then Will's gonna sort of keep an eye out and make sure no one's paying attention while you're doing this. Yeah, we're in a graveyard, it's fine. <laughs> With a tabaxi and a satyr, surely this is not suspicious at all. Yeah, I think you get a couple of, like... I feel like out of all the things they're going to be looking at, the gnome is not the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's four there's four weird things going on the gnome doing makeup is l- the least weird <laughs> I- I'd also like to think that after like ten minutes no more it's very questionable whether it is now a gnome or a halfling yeah I think you do get a couple of odd looks mm-hmm. from the priests when you you know pull out your eyeshadow palette mm-hmm but, you know, they're, they're a little bit busy at the moment. Yep. I just kind of angle myself to get Will between me and the priests as much I, as possible. I, hel- I helpfully use my bulk to yeah. provide cover. <laughs> he, he's a bulky boy. <laughs> he's a bulky boy. Would Sorcia recognise this as how he's trying to look like a rich person? I don't think you'd be familiar... Like, we've established you are not familiar with the politics of this country. I don't think... Like, you'd probably recognise it as how now looks more like a halfling, but not not beyond that. No, but but Sasha does have the gist that halflings are higher than gnomes. Mm -hmm. So um, she's going to pass a pair of, like, fancy looking earrings. Like, they're made from rocks. But they're really nice rocks that look vaguely gem-like from a distance. 
and, and just like I'll, I'll offer those as like a, does this help? Oh, uh, How is going to take them and sort of press her hands together in front of her chest and bow a little towards you in sort of a hopefully uh, common understanding of thanks. This is, this is, Sasha does it back but with one arm instead of both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how puts the earrings in. Mm, but yeah, it takes me... Oh, it doesn't say how long it takes me. Um, but yeah, I'm changing my appearance to one that I have been living for a very long time. Uh, so hopefully it doesn't take me too long. Uh, I do have a disguise kit and proficiency with it. Uh, and I am turning myself into Valentina Cabello. Yes, I think 10 minutes sounds about right. Nice. So that's how long it takes to use a lot of items in D&D. Check so why not this one? Sure. So she turns to you sort of 10, 15 minutes later and looks like not a completely different person, but different parts of her face are emphasized so much that she looks like a halfling, not a gnome. Like her face seems sharper, more angular, and she seems to carry herself differently. She's much more upright, much more um, in control of herself, it appears. Uh, and she snaps her makeup case closed with a little click, pops it away in her bag, and... <clears throat> well, what do you think? It's an impressive transformation, I will tell you that. How, <laughs> how did you do this without magic? Darling, the magic is in the makeup. Right. You skinless folk, uh, you furless folk use... Skinless folk? Weird Skinless folk! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, oh that's oh a different type of undead. Merely <laughs> um... <laughs> a slip of the tongue. I mean, furless folk. You furless folk can use paints to change your appearance. Well, some do. Not everyone is as talented as I. Yes, but if you try on me, surely you'd encounter all the fur and it would be weird. Oh, I'd shave that off. Uh, the suggestion of shaving Rumpel, Jerry Sorcerer steps slightly in front of her. He's uh-huh. like, no. <laughs> Hands off, my friend. <laughs> Darling, money can do anything it wants. Haven't you heard? Mo- Money's gonna, it's not gonna do you well when you're out in the wilderness. So I beg to differ. You don't have any money. Darling. One wouldn't be seen dead in the wilderness when one has money. An acorn. I'm glad I don't have money then. I, I I have a button. Is that money? Could be, if you will trade it. It's fungible. Sorcerer bites it. <laughs> hey, could you use an extremely elegant cat to help the illusion? I'm just going to kind of instruct Sheila to sort of go walk forward and sort of hang out near Valentina as kind of like elegant cat with elegant woman sort of thing to kind of help with the illusion. Mm-hmm. I'm picturing nice. Duchess Aristocats. Yes, yeah. that's, yeah. that's the image. Oh, this is excellent, darling. Don't you know, I am of the Kibera family who, well, we raise animals to be companions, so having two is even better. Thank you for your aid, Will. You're so helpful, my dear child. No problemo. You have a theme going, too. You like white, fluffy animals, don't you? Well, one has to have an aesthetic, don't you know? Of course. Even though Sasha doesn't know the words that are being said, 
she does not like the new tone of the new person that How is being. Mm-hmm. And is just very on guard about it. Just uncomfortable. Well, come then. We have questions to be answered, and I shall not be denied. When we go, Dan. Um, did you want to get a bit distance from us ragtag bundle of folk, or...? Oh no, you're my servants. Oh, of course, servants. Right, got it. Oh. Oh no. Ma'am, may I carry your bag? <laughs> well, thank you. Robo Jerry turns to Sasha. Um, so how turned into this halfling person, and now we have to pretend to be her servants. Can you do that? I don't like it. Me neither, I'll be honest. It's a little demeaning, but if he'll get the an- get us the answers we need, then I can put up with it for uh, 15 minutes. How about we just stay back and let you two do your thing? Okay, sure. Come back. Report back in a bit. Yes. Valentina is riding very upright on Alma with, um... Oh, what's she called? What's your cat called? Sheila. Sheila goes out with her mate Stella. Um sort of lounging about the shoulders like a, a mink uh, yep. fur. Uh, and then Will is just hurrying along behind, carrying all the bags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sasha is very far back with Rumpel Jerry, just looking distrustfully at this new personality. Nice. For Rumpel Jerry has gone back to, sm- to smelling the smells of the street. Doesn't smell great in the graveyard right after True Night. Fair enough. Uh... I imagine I'm gonna like stand back on the street, but like stay off to the side to an alleyway or something. Yeah. Uh, striding forwards on Alma, I'm going to go and look for a group of no more than two, ideally, um, government officials working the uh, bodies on the street. Yeah, they're fairly easy to spot with their their distinctive hair. Mm-hmm. Do you find a couple of fairly young-looking ones? Intimidatable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me, you there. Uh, how can I help you, ma'am? Well, I certainly hope that you can. I, last night, was accosted, accosted by hands and feet. Can you imagine? It was, it was true night, ma'am. It, it was horrendous, is what it was. Uh, tell me, uh, have, have you discovered... Hands and feet and severed arms amongst your detritus. Here and there, yeah. Well, where did it come from? I insist. Um, do me either persuasion or intimidation. Uh, I will do persuasion. I'm being nice for now. Uh, 23. Okay, the, the slightly older of the two elbows the first one and says, You're talking to quality. Well, quite. I am of House Cabello. Please, continue. My my father is a, a great fan of your, your hunting dogs, ma'am. Um, we we found a, a concentration towards the, the south side of the city, especially around the slums. The slums? Oh, good lord. How did they get so far out here? Well, the, the dead travel surprisingly fast if there's nothing in their way. Well, remarkable. Well, I... Hope that you deal with them all. Here. Uh, and I toss each of them a silver piece. They, they both bow. Well, you have been adequate. I do hope that you 
enjoy your days or whatever it is that you do. A good day. Thank you, ma'am. And I start to trot away. I I I, I, I flashed it to um workers like a sort of sheepish grin and like a quick thumbs up before I'd sort of follow her as kind of like a like sort of <laughs> I'm so sorry about her sort of <laughs> sort of look. She is insufferable. I guess we reunite with the other two and relay the information we got. Yeah. Uh so as soon as we're kind of what uh Valentina would count as out of earshot, which is probably very different to a lot of other people. Um she begins <laughs> relaying to ha- to Will. Um, so it appears that these dead limbs came from the slums over on the south side of the city. Don't you know? That doesn't that doesn't sound like it's good for any of the people living there. Well, let's go and find out, shall we? Sounds good. Let's go collect the others. And you probably want to change out that makeup first, because like, I don't think us going in with you looking like a rich person to the slums is going to go down well with anyone we come across there. Yeah, Valentina already has a sort of makeup wipe uh, out and is, is sort of um, hiding behind Alma uh, as much as possible, like getting off the dog uh, and sort of pressing into the fur a bit and trying to clean off her makeup. And I'm kind of providing a bit of a buffer on the other side. I'm just picturing you just leaving a little bit of foundation on the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Hundred percent, yes. Poor Alma. Sheila is staying well away from this entire procedure. She does not want any makeup on her. Hell no. <laughs> Sasha is still looking unsure about how now, and and just kind of says to Will in common, but like so that um, how can't even read their lips. Just which one is real? How or the other one? How is the real one? How how do you know? They were very good at she was very good at pretending. Yes, certainly. And she's ha- she's the one who had to hide in the library from the authorities yesterday when I was going shopping, so Ah. And yet there was safety come out today? Safety's relative. Some places are safer than others. And some appearances are safer than others. I can uh I can assess that, yes. Okay. I trust you. Thanks. I'm just trying to keep an eye out for her, make sure she doesn't get herself into too much trouble. But she's over 300 years old, so mm. I bet she's gotten herself out of trouble far more, far many more times than I could ever help her out of trouble. But Well, you don't know that just yet. You don't know how long you two will be friends, I suppose. I mean, it's been a good two weeks so far. So. Oh, you've only known each other for two weeks? I... I was expecting, like, at least a month. Well, I didn't get it that long ago. That is as long as we have known each other. And you trust each other, right? I I trust Beans. You seem to, at least. I trust uh, Sasha, too. You kind of have to if you are defending each other out in the wilds. And I trust Hal for much the same reasons. But you're not in the wilds. City's got its own dangers, hasn't it? Well, in a city, you don't generally have bears you have to fight off. No, but you do have errant limbs occasionally, apparently. Touché. I can't counter that. <laughs> These cities are much more complex than I thought. Yep. Oh yeah, this would be your first time in the city in the wild, wouldn't it? Mm. Well, time to go to one of the wildest parts of it, I guess. So, what's the plan? Where do we head now? 
so Howe is trotting ahead of you a little bit, having wiped the makeup away from her face, uh, leading Alma by the collar a little bit, rather than riding her through the streets, uh, towards the south side of the city, um, where she has told Will, at least, the slum region is. And I relate this to the other two as well. Just so that we're all on the same page. Yeah. I wonder what's so special about the slums. Lots of people packed together, easy for disease to spread, easy for people to die. Yes, but you don't lose limbs from that. Why would you design that? It's not... I mean... Um, Sasha, the slums are where people who can't afford to buy or rent a home build small homes for themselves. They're not really wanted by the city in general. Sasha looks a f shocked and offended. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the appropriate reaction. I don't like this. Me neither. Nobody does. The city really should just help them get houses, but many cities review refuse. Yeah, I mean, I I think if they actually spent more of the city budget to actually build decent houses and sanitation and stuff, then maybe things like True Night would be less of an issue because there would be less people dying at earlier ages and such like. Yes. Take care of its people. All of them. Exactly. Agreed. Episode 2 and we've got onto communism. <laughs> well done, folks. Sasha's going to join the revolution. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Have a free Sata. <laughs> I'm winning. <laughs> I've already converted two party members. Uh, so yeah, Hal's going to lean back to um, Will uh, and just be like, do be careful here. Um, these people are very put down, unloved, and have very little in the way of social structure to support them. Um, anyone living here, at the very least, is quite likely going to be somewhat, well, standoffish towards external folk. So do give them a little bit of heart, right? Yeah, I'll do what I can, How? Um, I will say, though, it's going to be a little difficult for me to go into houses and stuff because the ceilings are not going to be tall here. I may just stay outside. That's very true. There will be a lot of smaller folk around here. Um, yeah. Be careful, Will. I'll be careful. Uh, and the rest of you, I address Rumple, Jerry, and Shorsha, even though I know they can't hear me. <laughs> Or understand me rather. Well, Rumble J can understand you. So she's just there, like yeah, I can. Just stood there. Yes. We'll take care. Don't worry. Good. Onwards then. Lead on. And trot through the city. Uh, I'm gonna be looking out with my very poor lookout uh, for um, any sort of uncleaned up limbs and stuff I assume as the closer we get to the slums the less cleaning has already been done etc. Is correct yes. Yeah so as as we get closer I'm going to be looking out particularly for uh, the remains of undead that are not entire corpses. I'll help out with that. Uh, do you want to give me a perception then? <gasps> this is going to be terrible. Uh, but you're helping so I'll roll with advantage. I'll help. Yeah, is that yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, well, we rolled two nines, so that's a seven. Ooh. <laughs> Spectacular. 
Amazing. Um, I think you do find some because you trip over a leg. Mm -hmm. Oh, lovely. Well, that's certainly something. No, Alma, leave it, leave it. She leaves it, but looks very sad. Sorsha pokes the leg. Do you need me to pick Alma up just so that we don't end up bringing a limb or two back with us? Oh, she'll be fine. She's she's a hungry girl. She's growing. Okay. Yeah, Um. so what you notice about the slums is that, yes, some of the buildings are actually more sized towards the sort of standard height. By standard heights, what do you mean? Like, human elf or okay. kind of height. Medium creatures. I imagine that they're still a bit too short for... I feel like they'd still be a bit too short for Will, who is notoriously tall. I'm only six foot, it's not that tall among orcs. <laughs> yes, but orcs are also notoriously tall. Yeah. Like, for an orc, you are short, but also you are not an orc. Yeah, I'm half orc. That That's kind of... That's, that's your thing. That's my thing. Mm. I feel he's bulky, not tall. Even though tall to me, obviously, he's literally twice my height. Yeah, it's... But yeah, the, the buildings are all, you know, different heights, different designs. Some of them stick further out onto the street. Some of them have little balconies. Some of them lean towards each other so much that they're almost touching, forming like a tunnel of house. Tiny little kiss. Just kiss a bit, little bit. Just, just a little peck. I don't know if you've ever seen the um, the closes in Edinburgh. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it's that, it's that kind of thing, but with very different floor heights, door heights, window heights as you go through the streets. Shambles nice. and York sort of vibes. Like that, but more worse. Yeah. That checks out. Um, as we get sort of, I don't know, uh, 100, 200 paces into the, the slums, uh, how is going to once again eyes close a little bit uh, and you just see this little bit of golden light from under it as she's going to use her divine sense again. Mm hmm. So celestial fiends undead within 60 feet or areas affected by the hallow spell. I think once again you don't detect anything untoward. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, she's going to nod ahead and continue deeper into the slums. I'm going to just kind of try and keep an eye out for... I, I mean, are there any government workers here cleaning up limbs or...? There's, there's a couple, yeah. Okay. Can we ask them about where the limbs come from? Worth shot. Who else would know? So th that was asked in character, by the way. Th th that was still Sorsha okay. talking to Will. I'm gonna go over to. I'm gonna go over to some of the government workers. Kneel down so that I'm not quite towering over them because I understand my height's intimidating. Uh, how to show, how to talk to short people. <laughs> okay. just just lifts them up to eye level that that seems that that seems like quite a bit for like these are complete strangers i've never met like there's some bodily autonomy issues there so i'm gonna kneel down to their level lift them and i'm gonna ask in half link hey um sorry to bother you um 
Do you, have you spotted, are, are there any more concentrations of these limbs around? Do you know where they're coming from? One of them kind of looks around conspiratorially and says, I, I could show you if you want. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be really good. Thanks. And, um, yeah, he, <laughs> this campus. Okay. He, he, he goes in a direction, in a normal way. Walking completely normally. He does not scamper. He is not a mouse. Um weird whatsoever about this walk. <laughs> yeah, I'll just kind of beckon to the others to follow. Can I insight check this felon? You can indeed. I have a plus zero, so this is going to be exceptional. 18! Oh, oh nice! You are suspicious of this guy. You hear, think, as, as he turns a corner, you just hear the vague clang of metal. Mm-hmm. Um, Will? Mm-hmm. Will? Yeah? Uh, did did you just engage someone immediately off the street and ask for help and then follow them round a slum street corners? E- should I not have done that? You can see why that's a problem, right? <laughs> right? Uh, okay. Um, okay, so I may have made a mistake. But uh, how is going to pull out her shield, uh, go to the street corner, and just go hello as she goes around it? I'm gonna grab my stuff out and follow. Rob Jerry's gonna follow, but not not grab any of his weapons. But under under his cloak, he's like preparing, doing the hand movements to prepare a spell. Sasha is has the staff out because oh, I guess the fight is happening. I don't know. We don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? How is very suspicious of this person. Which of you have dark vision? Uh, I have 60 feet. I have I have dark vision. Dark constraints are going up 60 feet. I'm a cat. Of course I do. Uh, you want to check that? Sasha does not. Yes, I do 60 feet. A lot of races that you think would have dark vision. <laughs> Definitely do not. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I am still annoyed the water ganassi don't, because they should. Uh, they do under the new uh, Monkainen's Monsters of the Multiverse, oh. water ganassi. Yes, cool. Yeah, But yeah, I have a, a fun campaign where I'm a water ganassi pretending to be a triton with another triton in the party, and I'm the old water ganassi, and she has dark vision and I do not. Uh, fun time. So from just beyond... Your field of vision, how a crossbow bolt clangs against your armor. Ah, oh, craps. And I'm going to need everyone to roll initiative as <laughs> an, another presumably not actually government worker appears behind you. Oh boy. With a mace. I rolled a 22. Really glad I rolled an 18. I rolled a 5. 15. <laughs> Total. Okay. Grumble Jerry first. Uh. So again, there's one in front of us, out of outside of the six feet uh, range of vision, right? I mean, there's one that there's one that you know of, and there's one behind you. Rumpel Jerry, using her cat-like reflexes, going to spin on her heels and sling a uh, spell at the person behind, where she's going to catapult a random piece of trash in this alley, uh, alley to them, mm-hmm. which is a deck save at first level uh, that would be a 19 that hits let me double re 
Uh... Wait, what is your deck save if a 19 doesn't save? No, like, uh, it might de- it's a 14. So if they, they pass the check. Yeah. Oh, you confuse me by saying it hits. Oh, yeah, no, sorry. On a failed save... Okay, so they just dodge it. There's no damage. Yeah. If there's anyone behind them... <laughs> It does uh, fly straight for <laughs> 90 feet, it says here. Um, I mean, this, these are fairly, fairly narrow streets. I think it just hits a house. I tried. Um, do you want to give me your world magic? World magic yes. Uh... Okay, important rules question. When are you doing wild magic? Is it after the spell is cast, but before the spell is resolved? Or after the spell is resolved? Um... Mechanically, we're rolling it after because that's easier. Outstanding. Um, thank but you. the effect happens as the spell happens. Great. Thank you very much. That's a 13. Okay. We're safe and the counter goes up to four. Oh, boy. That. Um, I should clarify, I... actually, for people listening, we, we have a house rule where every time a spell is cast and wild magic doesn't happen, it becomes more likely to happen next time because that's fun. The Doom Counter. The Doom Counter yes. is up to four. Uh, I'm going to save my sorcery points. What do I, else do I have as bonus actions? Let me check. Uh, yeah, no, that's it. I'm just going to try to spell it fails, and I just like stand there, turn around to the person with the mace. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, how is going to... Having been quite well prepared for combat like somehow she saw through these street urchins ruses uh yeah i think i think like their ribbons were the wrong color or something it's just really obvious to nice you. uh so she's gonna leap on the back of alma with half of her movement uh and use alma to rush forward 40 feet uh towards where the crossbow bolt came from uh so running down the alley until she can see within 120 feet of her whoever fired the crossbow bolt. You can see a gnome and a sabrinoid, which is a uh, anthropomorphic flying squirrel, about six foot tall. Mm-hmm. The gnome has the crossbow and the sabrinoid has a sword. Okay, so... How is going to switch tactics slightly? Uh, call out in Nomish. We are not your enemies, and you should not be fighting us. But I will warn you: I am going to knock you out if you try anything else like that. Uh, and How is going to cast Guiding Bolt on the uh, humanoid squirrel? Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty-one to hit. Yep. Okay. 46 radiant damage. Uh, 12, 15, 17 points of radiant damage. Uh, it's not intended to be lethal if that's allowed. It's a it's a knockout blow if possible, but um, the target will be lit up uh, and emanating a faint glow uh, as they are struck by my bolt. He is still standing and glowing spectacularly. Nice. And the gnome says... Put a sock in it, you old bag. Oh my god, they're gonna die. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's it. No bonus actions for me. Sasha. Okay, so there's two in the dark and there's one behind us, right? 
I mean, you don't you don't know how many are in the dark. You can't see shit. True. Well, one's one's now glowing. Yeah, that's true. It's probably not dark yeah. anymore. Yeah. So 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 there's <laughs> there's three of there's two over there and there's one behind us. Yes. Okay. Um. In that case, okay, I can use a key point to do a ra- to do two radiant sunbolts. Can I do those on different targets? Uh, if it doesn't say that you have to be on the same target, then yes. I don't. I don't have the wording in front when of me. When you take right the now. attack action, you can spend one key point to make the special attack twice as a bonus action, and you use this attack as any of the attacks you using the extra attack feature. I would say you can use them on different targets. Then, yeah. Okay, cool. In that case, I'm going to do two radiant sun bolts. One on the one behind us, and one on the glowing target. The tower's very kindly made for me. Mm-hmm. You have advantage on the glowing target. Oh, sweet. Okay, so this roll is to hit the one that's behind us. Um, that is a 17 to hit. Yep. Okay, so that's uh, 5 radiant damage on that one. And that is a 22 to hit on the glowing one. Yep. And that is six radiant damage on that one. Okay, that one's looking quite badly hurt. Apple, don't kill them. Sorsha does not understand your words, because I assume you are speaking half a halfling, because you do not speak common. Sorsha does not know what you just said. <laughs> Actually, I yelled that in Nomish. Still doesn't know what you said. But yes. Um, is that the end of your turn? Ah, uh, yes, because that counts as my bonus action. Okay, which means it's time for them to do some things. Oh no! Uh-oh. Oh no! I, I forgot the enemies do things. They oh. do. How dare they? Um, first, the Sabranoid is going to swing its mace at How. Did you say they had the sword? A uh, sword, yeah. Sorry, swing its sword at How. AC eighteen. Yeah, that is a that is going to hit though. Nice. It's very good with a sword. Uh, and that would be seven slashing damage. Fine by me. Uh, who is stood at the back of the group right now? Probably Rumple Jerry, since I was the one to turn around and fire yeah. at the one there. In which case, Rumple Jerry's going to get hit with a mace. Oh no! How rude! That is very rude. So the the step towards you bring the mace down for five bludgeoning damage. Uh, did you do you know my AC? Yeah, I've got them all written down. Okay, five. You said. Yeah, I like I like to make a note of people's ACs and passive perceptions just because it makes combat go faster. Fair, okay. And yeah, that is a seventeen to hit Sosha with the crossbow from the gnome. Okay. Oh, can I use a reaction to deflect missile attack? Yes, you can. Yeah. Oh. Nice. Uh twenty, dirty twenty for that. Nice. That's nice. two key points that I've used. So yeah, I'm gonna throw that back. Yeah. Wait, that's the attack roll. Oh, right. You need to you need to roll to see how much you did uh, remove from the damage, and if it hits zero, then you roll a twenty to hit back at them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I roll a one d10 plus dex plus my monk level. Yeah. yeah. Find my d10. I can count dice. I promise. <laughs> it's very hard for everyone. I promise. Uh-huh. So many shapes. Not for me. I'm a math nerd. Okay, this is a d10. Uh, 
that's a six plus my dexterity modifier. So it's eight plus my mug level three. So eleven. Yeah. The damage is reduced to zero, so you catch the arrow. Yeah. Sort of... yeah. And you got a 20 to throw it back, so you throw it back. Yeah. Yes. 1d4. Uh, that does f- five damage. Amazing. Woo! We love throwing missiles at monks. We do. It's yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Just throw it straight back in, the, in a straight... Like, it's... The speed at which it happens, it's almost as if it just bounced straight off. No. Like the only indication is is that Sorcia's hand is now out. It's, it's straight for the gnome. You might say it's outstanding. Oh, you might, but at what cost? No cost, no great and glorious DM. <laughs> the gnome is pierced in the shoulder by by its own arrow, well crossbow bolt. Same difference. Uh, Will. Cool. Um, right. So, who can I now see? Like, I definitely saw crossbow bolts coming from sort of up front and stuff. How far away is everyone? The two ahead of you are about 80 feet away. Okay. The one behind you is practically next to you because it stepped into melee with Rumpel Jerry. Okay, am I am I in melee with that? You can get into melee with it in a couple of steps. I don't, I don't. I, I want to know <laughs> if I can move forward without getting an opportunity attack. You can, yes. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to run forward 30 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, the gnome and the sabronoid, they're standing next to one another? Well, the, the sabronoid had to move forward to hit. Um, how far apart are the two of them? I'd say... How far forward did you go, Hal? I moved 40 feet forward on Alma. Cool. Um, in which case, they're about 40 feet apart. Damn it. Um, okay, well... I can certainly make things easier for my friend. I'm going to cast Grease in such a way that it's just going to get the Sabronoid. That's a dex save of 13, or they go prone. Uh, that would be a 1. Woo! Flat on their ass. Amazing. A creature that enters the area that enters the area or ends its turn there must also succeed on a dexterity saving throw or fall prone. Um, there's like a 10-foot square sort of catching that sabronoid and sort of, I think, beyond it into the alley, which is now just slick with grease. Ten foot all the way across or like a ten foot radius? Um, ten foot square, it says. Um, I don't know yes. how, how big this alleyway is, but I imagine that catches the worst of the alleyway. It's, that's the whole way across and slightly up the walls. Nice. Yeah. Alma can try and jump across it, is the point. Yep. Cool. And I think that's my turn. Good turn. Okay, back to the top with Rumple Jerry. I want to cast Booming Blade. So I'm just like, first of all, Rumple Jerry's going to pull out her bronze short sword. And I'm just reading over Booming Blades uh, still. Yeah, okay. So I, I still have like the normal sword damage, right? With Booming Blade? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to cast Booming Blade, the cantrip, uh, and on my. On my bronze sword sword and attack the one in front of me with that. So to my short sword. That is a 13 to hit. That's gonna hit. Rolling damage. Four damage, the lowest possible. Four stabbing stabaroos. Oh four stabaroos. And just a reminder, if they uh if the target willingly moves five feet or more, 
until the start of my next turn, it takes they take 1d8 turn thunder damage. Also, I have a bonus action, so I can I can spend two of my three sorcery points to do quickened spell to cast a spell as a bonus action. So I am going I am going to cast catapult and like send another piece of trash flying to hit the gnome with the crossbow. So that's another deck save. Yeah, uh, that would be a twelve. Okay, uh, it's a fourteen, so that misses or that uh, that fails, and that's thirteen damage to the gnome. Big bonk. <laughs> the gnome is looking rough. Uh, end of turn, or actually no, I'm going to risk an opportunity attack and like step like five feet away to try to tempt the uh, the one with the mace to get near me. Uh, that is. That opportunity attack isn't going to hit. Um, doesn't move towards you. Yeah, it's not their turn yet, but fair. Well, it seems to be focusing on blocking the entrance to the alley. Ah. Uh, give me a wild magic roll for your catapult. Oh, yes. And booming blade, unless you don't do it for cantrips. You don't do it for cantrips, no. Okay, yeah. D20. That's a four! Okay! Oh, oh boy! Which means we get to use oh, the no. giant wild magic table. Oh boy! <laughs> oh. oh dear! Um, so first off, I need you to roll percentile for me. Alright. Percentile. That is 52. And then give me d10. Okay. Uh, d10. That's that one, I think. Yeah, it is. A nine. So suddenly, you are completely deafened. As a beautiful, pure white orchid sprouts from each of your ears. Oh, how long does this last, for reference? Um, you don't know. So you don't know? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> this is new. I hate wild magic, just as a player, <laughs> by the way. I love wild magic. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> This is interesting because I don't have like humanoid ears. I have, of course, cat ears. So I'm just imagining that like the the fluff inside my ears is just completely blocked out by the flowers now. Yeah. Fun times. Uh, how? Remember, the sabronoid in front of you is prone, and thus you've got advantage on attacking them with melee, melee attack rolls. Yes, I I'm very well well aware of this. And how is going to uh, drop the necklace charm that she was holding? Um, while she cast a guiding bolt, and instead heft her lance and go to stab this sabronoid in the shoulder? Question mark, like somewhere as non-lethal as possible that still shows intent. Uh, we are going to get a twenty-three to hit. Yep. And I'm gonna put a first-level smite slot into this. Are sabronoids, uh, fey fiends or undead? They are not. They are people. Alas. Um, well, it's fine. We're just going to stab them with the lance for a total of six points of piercing damage mm -hmm. and five points of radiant damage. Sabrinoid disapproves. That's entirely reasonable. <laughs> I'm just like trying to pin it to the floor with my lance. Don't get up! Come on! You're robbing the wrong people, don't you know? I say in Nomish. Uh, that's it. That's my turn. Cool. Sorsha. Okay. Um, how close is the one that was behind us? Uh, about five, ten feet. Is it five or ten? Because that will determine what I can do. 
You didn't step very far down the alley, did you? So I'm going to say five. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to ram. Just charge at it with my, with my head straight down. Excellent. Thank you, Satyrs. Yeah. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. that is a 19 to hit. Yep. Cool. You guys are rolling really well today. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Thank you, Dice. Thank you, Dice. Oh, and that is seven points of uh, bludgeoning damage. Okay. I hope that Shosha has, like, plus four to his strength. Like, that would be outstanding. Uh, Sorcha has a plus zero strength. <laughs> Alas. Mm. Yeah, um, and as a bonus action, gonna use an unarmed strike to stomp on this person's foot. <laughs> yeah? Can I do that? Yeah. Oh, that that was a less good roll. Uh, that is a seven. That's, that's not gonna do yeah. it. He's stomp petulantly on the ground. Right in between the feet. Mm. Just aggressively like that was on purpose which is at least distracting enough that it misses you with its mace that's good that's always good I mean yeah I feel like having a goat bleed right in your face would make you miss DM do they move they do not oh great and glorious DM why do they not move (laughs) slash that hard because they're blocking the entrance to the alleyway alas the the sabronoid is going to get up and hit its sword uselessly against Hal's armor. And then make the deck saving throw again if they're not moving. Yeah. The area. And immediately fall down again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Amazing. Fantastic. Not having a good day. <laughs> Will Lube Juice is my new favorite friend to get advantage. Oh, did you have this? Don't call it that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. That's the name of the spell, right? Will's lube juice? <laughs> no! And apparently that is distracting enough that the gnome also fails to hit anyone. Great job, NPCs. Will. Okay, so thankfully Will is not a- Will in character does not hear this out of character talk, so he's not as traumatised as I am right now and is going to cast um, So how far away is the gnome? Sorry? With the crossbow? It's a, it's 80 feet from the entrance to the alleyway. Yeah, I moved 30 feet up. So that's 50 feet. Yeah. Did you move 40 feet on the back of Elma? No, I did. Oh, yeah. right, yeah. I don't think that dog could hold me, I'm sorry. Not with that attitude. Some myoids are big, but they're not that big. They're not like so-called the six... They're not like sort of the six foot two tall orc can ride on a samoyed big. No. Now with that attitude, you find the right smell spell at large reduce. I am offended. At large reduce will fix this. Then it won't be a six foot tall orc anymore. Anyway, I'm going no. to cast flaming sphere in such a way that it appears right in front of this gnome with the crossbow. How big is a flaming sphere? Uh, flaming sphere. Uh, range 60 foot, area 5 foot, 5 foot diameter sphere of fire appears in an unoccupied space of your choice within range and lasts for the duration, which is concentration up to one minute. Okay, I was, I was just checking it wasn't going to light the grease. Um, uh, this, this is beyond the grease at the moment. Yeah. Um, 
beyond the grease. And the grease disappears, right? Because they're both concentrated. Uh, no, grease isn't concentration. There's just grease there now. There's just nice. grease there now after next minute. Um. Anyway, any creature that ends its turn within five feet of the sphere must make a dexterity saving throw. The creature takes 2d6 fire damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. Um, as a bonus action, I can move the sphere up to 30 feet. If you run the sphere into a creature, that creature must make the saving throw against the sphere's damage, and it stops moving for this turn. So, actually, you know what? No, I'm going to create it about 30 feet behind the grease, and then ram it into the back of the Sabronoid with my bonus action. Sabronoid is prone. It fell down again. Sucks to be the Sabronoid. It's, it's, its back is on the floor. In the grease. Okay, I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna ram it into the sabronoid anyway. Oh no! So that's gonna light the grease on fire. That's, good, that's gonna it? light the grease on fire and also probably kill the sabronoid. These things are sent to try us. Says the character who's right next to the grease. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I said it. <laughs> um. So if you ram the sphere into a creature, that creature must make the saving throw against the sphere's damage, um, which is a Dex thirteen again. And I don't, I don't know what effect the grease is going to have on with combined with the flaming sphere. Um, Baldur's Gate free rules. We're about to find out, baby. Yeah, we're about to find out. A great and glorious DM. What does fire and grease do? <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm just checking whether prone affects dex saves. No, it doesn't. It, does it feels like it should. You think it should, but it does not. Yeah, like you're on your back on the floor. I guess you can roll out of the way. You can roll out of the way. Yeah, but you're on your back on the floor. So that's that's an eighteen. Okay, that makes it so half as much. Um, so if I roll this two d six, uh, oh god, I rolled two sixes. So he still takes six damage when when it's halved. So that may have killed it. It may not. All you know is this sabronoid is incinerated, <laughs> and I'm and I'm as the grease catches fire, and I'm going to need How and Alma to make to give me deck save. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Can I can I take disadvantage on this to give Alma advantage or something, please? Um, please, I'm, I'm, a great, a glorious, and benevolent deal. I'm going to say yes because I want Alma to live. This is clear. Thank you. You, you can you can roll a new character. You can't roll a new dog. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll for me first, so that I can psych myself. Up. I'm sorry, I didn't realize the dog would be in the in the uh, fallout from this. Uh, well, I rolled two sixes, oh, no. uh, so that's a six on uh, How's dexterity saving throw. Oh no! So go ahead and take oh, no. um, six. Fire damage. That's absolutely fine. I will take this so long as my darling daughter doesn't take six damage because that would kill her. Um, Alma rolled a 19 and a 9, so a 19 plus 2, 21 on her deck saving throw. So Alma only takes one fire damage. Thank God. Thank glorious and benevolent DM. Thank you. Yes, you have. Thoroughly incinerated a sabronoid. <laughs> just, just a little, a fun little detail for everyone. Um, it's, it's the slums. The buildings are mostly made of wood. Oh, oh shit! Mm-hmm. 
Oh shit! Oh, uh, I don't have any water spells because I changed what kind of monk I am. This is fine. Russell Jerry. Uh, hold on. Let me. Do you need to slow? Do you need to be on this loading? Uh, the booming blade is now over since it's the start of my next turn. I see the fire overtaking, then I'm gonna cast a ray of frost cantrip at the fire so that it doesn't burn everything down. Does that work? Do you need to roll to hit with a ray of frost? Uh, yes. But uh, like I'm just sending it to the general area of the fire and it's 60 foot range. That's worked. That's enough, right? Um, I think what happens is you aim your ray of frost. In in the middle of the fire, like pointing a fire extinguisher at the base of the fl- of the fire, and the uh-huh. flame is extinguished. Huzzah! Okay, what effect does that have on my flaming sphere? The flaming sphere itself is still there. Okay. The burning grease is no longer on fire. Okay, makes sense. It's now frozen grease. Still counts as difficult terrain. It's for different reasons. <laughs> for different reasons this time. Yes. And uh, I know. That's the end of my turn. I didn't come to the uh, hey, quicken spell trick anymore. But I do like look, turn around and like, notice that my hearing is just completely going like, What? Did y'all say anything? As you say that, two, two orchids fall out of your ears. <laughs> and you can now hear again. <laughs> I just like pick up one of the orchids, look at it, very intrigued. Well, that was weird. Or no, no, I wouldn't know about my wild magic. Yes, it's like, ugh, this again. End of turn. Ow. So they just hurt my dog. They did. Is all I saw. Uh, the sabronoid was incinerated. Is that correct? <laughs> it was thoroughly incinerated. Okay. Oh yeah, there's now a frozen corpse. Okay, and the flame around the flaming spear has been put out by the ray of frost, but there is a flaming sphere in front of us. Correct. Okay. And the gnome is about 40 feet in front of us. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to direct armor to leap uh, over the flaming sphere, and we're going to charge that gnome. And as we hopefully sail through the air over the flaming sphere, uh, Alma has a jump height of 24 feet uh, standing. It's more the long jump that I'm concerned about at the moment to get past the grease. Sorry, uh, uh, let me double check what the difference is. Uh, jump, 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 jump. Jump is three times. So, yeah, she's got 14 strength, is it? Uh, 13 strength. So she's got a 39-foot uh, long jump. Well, so she clears the grease, no problem. Yeah, she's going to leap over the grease. And as we sail over the flaming orb... Uh, I'm going to cast Compel Duel on the gnome uh, as I heft my lance, lift my shield, and just call out, Right! That is enough! Uh, And I would like the gnome to make a wisdom saving throw. They probably have advantage for being a gnome. But yeah, they have a wisdom saving throw or they are compelled to duel me. That is a 15? Uh, 15 beats my 14 DC, so I'm just going to continue the charge as Alma lands. I'm going to stab him in the shoulder again uh, with my lance. Come on, baby. Uh, 16 to hit. Yep. Nice. 
Uh, we are putting my final spell slot into this to smite the gnome as Alma was just hurt. Oh. This is not okay. And I'm just going to try and put this person down. Like our last session, I endangered the dog. This session, it was firmly in character. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, we rolled almost max damage. Uh, they hurt the dog, you guys. Uh, so it's eight points of slashing damage. And this gnome is not Fae, Fiend, or Undead, right? No, it's a gnome. Cool. Uh, so it's eight points of slashing damage and seven points of radiant damage. Uh, as I stab them in the shoulder with my lance. Ball of you, DM, do not make them make them a god in disguise. Howard. Not, not at this level. Oh, I actually didn't roll the right die. Uh, it's 11 points of piercing damage. Sorry. I mean, it only had four hit points left. Right. Uh, so I am <laughs> stabbing them to the ground. Again, <laughs> trying not to kill them, but, you know, I've done, like, quadruple their health. Yeah. Uh, and just pinning them to the ground and being very aggressive at them for hurting my dog. Yeah, the gnome just in character collapses, bleeding out. The the gnome is no more. No more. Love that. Action bonus action movement then. Uh Sosha. Yes. Um so there's one left and that's the one blocking the exit, right? Correct. That I'm very much within melee range of. Correct. Mack him with my quarterstaff. Bonk. Yep. Bonk. And I'm holding it with two hands, so... That's... Ooh, big bonk. Yeah. But to hit, that is a... Uh, that's a three to hit. I'm afraid not. Yeah. Um. Bonus action and unarmed strike. My orange dice don't seem to like Sorcerer. Are you going to stamp your little foot again? Does Does the person I'm attacking appear to have... Something to aim for in the groin. But yes, you, you kicked it. You kicked it in the crotch. Yep. New bottom surgery dropped, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Talking's a free action, right? Yeah. Can I yell, to, like, sort of, I'm going to turn around to the last mugger and, like, fire illuminating and yell in halfling. Do you really want to mess with us? Um... I think this mugger is going to try a bolt, which will provoke an attack of opportunity from Sosha, should you choose to take it. I'm going to take it. Um, how does an opportunity attack work? You just make an attack. Weapon attack. Oh, okay. Uh, so another bonk with my court stuff then? Mm -hmm. I'm going to use a dice that seems to like me. Smart idea. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay, that is a 16 to hit. That hits. Sweet. Need a d8. That's not a d8. That's the D8. Okay, so Quartz Staff hits, and mm -hmm. I rolled the damage, and that is 10 total damage, because I, I rolled an 8. That is enough. What does that look like? Um, Sorsha just realises that he's going to try and run. Just, no you don't! And just bonk. Just, almost just twists the staff in the air in, in front of them, and just thwacks the merc across the head. Bonk. They are down. Are we out of initiative? Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll drop the flaming there. Sorcerer pokes the um, ambusher to see if they're dead or not. They do appear to be dead. Uh, How would like to immediately place a hand upon the chest of the gnome at her or Alma's feet uh, 
and put one point of lay, in hand, lay on hands into them. The gnome opens opens his eyes, swears in gnomish, and tries to get up and run away. Uh, I place my hand more firmly upon their chest. Um, no. I beg your pardon. Rumble Jerry is going to try... Try and also uh, see into the into the anyways, everyone's fine, and see like try to jump over the frozen grease. Is the is the ball of fire still there? The flaming sphere? Uh no, I've dropped I've dropped the ball of fire, and the grease disappears after a minute. So okay, yeah, it's not been a minute, right? Is it? That's it's not been ten turns. Yeah, a minute is ten rounds. Yeah, it has not been that long, but like yeah, now we're out of combat. <laughs> okay. Rumble Jerry sees like the frozen grease and like sighs and tries to do like a kick, a uh, really sick uh, wall run to try and get past it. Do I need to roll anything? Oh, great and glorious DM. I don't think you can wall run for 10 feet. Not with that attitude. <laughs> not, not with physics. Not with that attitude. Can Sasha try and jump over it, possibly with Rumple Jerry? Um. Using my mirthful leaps. How leapy are your mirthful leaps? Um, I roll a d8 and add... When I make a long or high jump, I roll a d8 and add the result to the number of feet I cover. Okay. Um, so what is your strength score? Uh, 11. Uh, so yeah, you can you can jump across it. Can I take Rumble Jerry with me? I don't think you can. It's it's very close. Uh, Rumble Jerry would get very fuss, uh, hissy or fussy. It would not let you pick her up. Okay, fair enough. Yes, also just run, jump, lands. I just, I still like trying to. Rumble Jerry is probably just going to try the wall jump, but like the wall run, wall jump, whatever, but like fail and just fall flat in the middle of the grease pile and just like very carefully, step by step, try to get off the ice. Sasha just. Sticks his um court stuff out to try and help help how um help Rumble Jerry get across steadily. Will waits for fifty seconds and then just walks across to normal ground. Outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> Rumble Jerry definitely like grabbed the quarter staff as soon as possible and like tugged on it to pull himself forward or pull herself forwards to like. Sort of ice skate, sort of just slip, but don't just barely not fall forward. Just hugs like a small child at an ice rink. Yes, and like I immediately grab hold of Sasha as soon as I'm off the ice. Do not like fall over. Are you hurt? Other than that, my paws are frozen now. I'm fine. Rubs paws to try and warm them up. I mean, I'm talking with like my feet paws, so uh, that's oh. a bit awkward. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm not wearing shoes, so I just have raw ball pads on the ice. I forget people's feet get cold. Oh, right, you wouldn't know that. I have hooves and and mum has furry feet, including the underneath, so... And how and I have shoes? I also have an Alma. <laughs> that does also help. I haven't encountered shoes often. They come in so many different colours. Anyway, what were we doing? Getting distracted by muggers. I'm trying to see if everyone is here is alright. Does anyone look particularly injured? I'm alright. Uh... I didn't get hit at all in all of that. I've, I've, how much damage did Sasha take? Because I forgot to take it off because things were happening. I wasn't keeping track of it because that's your job. Sorry. Uh, how will go over to Sasha 
and place her hand upon your shoulder. Uh, a warm golden glow emanates from her hand. Uh, and even though you can't communicate, uh, you feel the respect that How is projecting to you. Uh, and I'm going to heal you for five hit points. Rubbish down uh, one third of my health. Yeah, ouch. Uh. Yeah, I'm very squishy. Oh, come here, Rumpled Cherry. Uh, and I'm going to heal you for five as well. That brings me up to four. Wait, five is a third of your health? Oh, Christ, you're even squishier than Will. Yes, I am squishy. Oh, oh my God. My do- I, my max is 16. I am very squishy. I can't believe. Sasha's max, max is 25. Will's max is 20. I am extremely squishy. How's max is 30? How is both the healer and the tank? Oh my god. That's paladins. <laughs> oh my god. But yes, you have you have a gnome. <laughs> the gnome is the healer. No, I mean you you have a gnome. A gnome on the floor, you are pitting down. You have a gnome. Yeah, w- w- the 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 party has a gnome as well as yeah. there being a gnome so in the party. As Hal came over to sort of administer a little healing to the party, uh Alma was sat on the gnome. <laughs> I'm just imagining them like trying to get the dog off, like tap, tap, stop, stop, like get, get off me. Sasha gets um some rope out of her uh, out of her bag, and they just go. Do we tie them? I I don't know how this works. Uh, that that seems like the most convenient option right now. I'm quite good with I'm quite good at knots, so passes the rope to Rumble Jerry to tie the gnome with. I tie them up. If you wish, armor is quite comfortable. <laughs> okay. Okay. I at least tie their feet together so that they can't run. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Well, well, well. How rude was that? You're gonna do to me. Probably ask you questions. Mm. If I'm amenable to the answers, let you go. Why did you attack us? But you had money. Why did you call me an old bitch? You were old. Oh, and that's something to take the Mickey out of, is it? You want to see this old woman throw down? He looks really embarrassed. Age is not a good indicator of how easily someone can be mugged, is it now? I know that Sasha can't understand what they're saying, but can they still inside check to see if they're being honest about whatever it is they're saying? Um, I'm going to say yes with disadvantage. Okay. Just for, like, body language. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is a nut one. Oh, no. <laughs> yep, Sorcerer's just confused about the language, because this doesn't sound like Halfling. Is this a different language that I don't know? Yeah, so I will be talking to a gnome in Gnomish. Yeah, so Sorcerer's just like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't recognize any of this. What? what, what? I can't follow this. I'm gonna ask in halfling. Do you genuinely know where the limbs are coming from? Because it must be an issue for all of you living here and beyond. He says in not particularly good halfling. Limbs from all over, from nar- narrow street. You mean alleyways? Doesn't seem to speak particularly good halfling. I think that's the same word in in halfling. Uh, how it tries to translate into gnomish. Alleyways? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 
all all over. There's I know that Rumpel Carry. Kind of gestures around as much as he's able to and says bad shit happens in alleyways. Do they come from underground? I, I don't know. I was I wasn't really looking. Is there a particular street somewhere they're lo- localized? I I wasn't out I wasn't out on True Night. Do you know someone who was? If anyone was, they're probably not around to ask. Hmm. Do you get limbs there every true night, or just this one? Maybe one or two, but not this many. He shakes his head. Come now, young one. Where do you live? I don't want to tell you. That's very reasonable. However, I will accept a general area. Are you from the slums? He nods. Then... I am sorry, and there are better ways than simply accosting folks who are asking for help. Perhaps if you had simply told us what you knew beforehand, your flying friend, and I gesture at the charred corpse of the Sabrinoid, may still yet be with us. Here, get yourself a meal, and come to the library if you need anything. Uh, and I press two silver into his hand. He looks very confused, but takes the money and runs. Yep, I let him go. They're, they're t- his feet are still tied together, so like Rumpel Jerry takes her bronze knife and like cuts it loose and just lets it go. Hey, the rope! We have two ropes now. The shorter! You can have some of my rope if you care. Thank you. Or you could turn these ropes into more jewellery. Oh, yeah. Hey, how? Yes, Will. So, here's what we've got so far. Occasionally there's limbs that come alive on True Night, but never in this quantity. So, something must have happened since the last True Night to produce so many coming from alleyways round here. True. Has there been any events happening in the city in the last year or so that would have killed a lot of people or dismembered a lot of people? Surely that would be noticeable somewhere. I... Newspapers or something? I unfortunately have been... Well, in a different city Ah. for the last year or so. I myself only arrived in Pueno barely ten days ago. Okay, right. Okay. We need to hit the... We need to hit... Are there newspaper archives back at the library? Uh, yes, of course. I, I, I'm sure they are well kept. Okay, uh, I think we've got some research to do then. Of course, if that's what you think best. You are the clever one of the bunch. Okay. I'm not entirely sure where we are in the slums. You might need to guide us out. Oh, I, I, can, I can certainly help with that. And just before she turns around to leave... She's going to close her eyes again and pulse with golden light and use divine sense before we go. You don't sense anything? <sighs> yes. Let us go. Tales of Morterra was created and DM'd by Liz Blake, with editing by Mario Panagetti. The theme music was by Nick Blake. Check out our Tumblr at morterra.tumblr.com for more information on the world of Morterra and our Twitter, at MorterraCast.